0: all right go ahead and then if um i can go back and like find a good starting point but
1: how you been dude i been mean, good man i've been good just you know busy you know how it is with the housing and stuff and <laughs> you know trying to trying to make it all work with, with basketball and all of that man. but i've been good i really can't complain man
0: good man i'm happy to hear that hope you guys uh I'm excited to follow along. I kind of, I miss you guys, dude. Nah,
1: man, I (laughs) I miss you too, man. I think, you know, I think we're just starting to get some camaraderies from the staff and, you know, but God has different plans for everybody, you know what I mean? And, you know, we just got to follow what path God got for us, to be honest, you know.
0: I hear you, man. I hear you. I feel Um, like I'm frozen. Am I frozen? Yeah, you're (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yeah, there you go. There you go that uh swick uh swick wi-fi yeah you know down there by the gym yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right i got i gotta do a a formal introduction here yeah, um, no, yeah. so this is the first time in five months that i've done one of these because i've just been running around with my hair on fire in that you time know? period <laughs> um but yeah i'm out in indiana now uh, speaking with Coach Reggie Kendall Jr., uh, the head men's basketball coach at Southwestern Community College in Creston, Iowa, and uh, <laughs> you—you've kind of been pushing my buttons to get me to do this for a long time. So I—I appreciate you, uh, you know, keeping me uh, at least a little bit consistent with it. Yeah. So I, I'm no problem, happy to. Uh, I'm happy we could do this. <laughs> yeah, no problem. As yeah. soon
1: so as I knew you did a podcast, I needed to get
0: on. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's your second year as a head coach there, right? Yeah. Um, uh, what what I usually do is just kind of give you the give you the mic for a little bit and just kind of let you uh, tell everybody who might be listening how you got to this point and and um, you know where else you've been, and just kind of run us through uh, what your career path has looked like.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I, I played, for, I got my opening start in the business, so to speak, um, from my old coach who I played for at Benedictine Springfield, and kind of what happened was um, they shut our campus down, um, you know, because it was a branch campus of the Benedictines uh, D3 out in Lyle, um, they shut our Springfield campus down because they are opening a new campus in Mesa, Arizona. Um, so he ended up, you know, obviously we finished that year. That was 15, 14, 15. We finished that year. Um, he ended up getting a job, a assistant coaching job at Doan. I went down to Benedictine Mesa. Same same school, same affiliation, but just a different location. Um, you know, so I played my senior year there, 15, 16. Um, stayed on to finish my last semester of school. I um, was a student assistant there for a year. And then that following year, my coach got the head coaching job at Doan, Um, Started there at Doane was a kind of stipend assistant for, for uh, there. The first year, I think I want to say I made like five or six grand. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, you know, not a lot of money. Then my second year there, I was the GA. You know, I felt like I was making a lot more money. And even though it was only like eight grand, but you know, I think I got. <laughs> you know, $3,000 raise, you're, you're excited about that. It's crazy how the older you get, you're like, man, I can't do that. But when you're young and you're hungry, you can make that work, right? Um, so I was there at Dome for two years, really, really learned a lot. That was my first time out in the landscape. Um, before he offered me the job, I, was, I got my degree in criminal justice. So I was like, you know, two weeks away from applying to be a cop. I was just gonna, you know, be a cop and stay in Arizona. Um, me and my now wife we were dating at the time and you know I you know I knew she was the one for me but I was you know I didn't want to unpack and leave everything but you know I just took a leap of faith and went to Don. so I was there for two years um and then I, I was blessed enough that uh coach Ludwig from Peru State hired me to be a full-time guy and I was making pretty good money there you know what I mean with benefits and everything and And I was there for two years and learned a lot, man. Just learned a lot about different styles of recruiting, the kind of kids you want to bring, the kind of culture you want to have, Um, all of that, man. I learned a lot from both of those two guys. And, you know, I'm not a guy that's a big networker guy, man. I kind of keep my circle really small of coaches that I kind of hang with and talk to on a regular basis. I know a lot of people talk about networking and I'm, I'm just the type of guy, like, keep your foot grounded where you are and let your work do the talking for you. You know what I mean? And, and you know, God's going to get you where you want to go. So then I did two years at Peru and um, after my two years there, this job came open. You know what I mean? And it was down to me and two other dudes, two really, do, really good dudes that I know well. Um, one is Brandon Gossett um, and then one is Dan Thorpe, two guys that I know well. Um, and you know, they went with Brandon Gossett over me the first time. And um, hey, I was it was a it was a it, for me, it was a win-win situation. I didn't need the job, to be honest, because I still had a full-time job at a really good institution with a really good boss, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I wasn't, I was obviously your ego is upset when you don't get a job right. You think like what I didn't do enough or or whatever, you know what I mean? Or um, the work I put in previously isn't enough, but you know. Um, I guess some things happened here, and I was fortunate enough fortunate enough to get the call, you know, three four weeks later that you know asked if I wanted the job. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I I came about, you know, uh, to get to becoming a, a head coach at Creston. Yeah.
0: yeah so so- uh, obviously that that's kind of a I don't know if it's like rare that that happens, but it, it's, yeah, it's it's not really it's not really what you what you picture when when you first get a head coaching job you know no nope. so so kind of I don't know what was that experience like because did you feel like maybe you know I don't know what did, what did you feel when you didn't get it right away and then you got it and then you had to start you know recruiting
1: right away and, and developing a right. plan so I'm frozen again but so <laughs> um I don't know what's going on here but so I how- you you're good So how it works for, you know, for, in my mind, man, you know, I talked to my wife and was like, well, babe, maybe it's not, you know, it's not the job for me. You know what I mean? And I helped me and my coach over at Peru, we recruited a lot of high school kids and we wanted to see their growth and their development. So, you know, she was just like, babe, maybe that's not where God wants you to be at the time. You know what I mean? And part of you, you know, part of you, you're upset, you know, we all got egos and think that we're the, you know the next coach K or whatever you know what i mean so um you know again it's a humbling experience to be honest you get in a situation where you think that you did a really good job and they go in a different direction and you know i think it's a learning experience more than anything but at the same time you know you take the good with the bad with that and then 3 weeks 3 weeks go by and you get a phone call asking if you wanted to take the job and you know if i'm being quite honest with you you know, part of me wanted to say, fuck, you know, I don't want the job, you know what I mean? Um, you know, but then again, I, again, look at myself like, Reggie, what the fuck have you done to turn down a head coaching job too, right? Like, mm-hmm. I got no national uh, championship on my resume, you know what I mean? I've never been a head coach, so who am I to turn down a job, you know what I mean? So, you know, again, you know, I, I got the phone call, and, you know, it was something that I had to talk to my wife about, and, you know, she was like, maybe that is where God wants you to be. It was just not the right time. You know what I mean? It wasn't on the time that you thought it should be. It was on God's time, you know, so um, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotion, so to speak. But, you know, I think, again, it kind of worked out how God wanted it to work out and, and kind of went from there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That's, uh, um, and, and to your credit, the way you handled that, obviously, uh, uh, you handle that very well. So, um, like you said, man, it, it everything happens for a reason, right? Um, yeah. you, you can't really force it. And, and, and how the way I think of it is, um, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares who you are until you, you know, prove that you're somebody, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. and, and, and that's kind of my philosophy with, um, you know, the way I coach now, too, especially being at a four-year school versus a two-year school where, you know, you don't have as much time with these kids and, and you kind of already know what you're going to get out of them when they get right. there, right? Yeah. You have a better yeah. idea, at least. Idea, yeah, yeah. But, but at a four-year school, you take a freshman you're like, oh, what could he become in four years or what could she become in four years? Yeah. You know, and so I'm with you on, on that, you know, that side of things. Like, you gotta you got to kind of make people know who you oh. are. Right. right. You know, right. And then that then so, that's
1: all done by the work you do where you're at. You know what I mean? Uh you kind of just gotta let your work speak for itself.
0: I hear you, man. So so let's let's talk about the first year there. Um I was uh I was fortunate enough to do the play-by-play
1: for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great uh, play-by-play guy, by the way. It definitely <laughs> Hammering, yeah, they need to get you on play by play for the men's yeah. basketball
0: women's basketball games. I told I told my boss here, hey, when I when I'm doing the basketball games this winter and I send my clips to ESPN, I'm I'm out of here. Absolutely. <laughs> Big time. Big time with the calls. Yeah. Uh, that was a blast, man, though. You guys had some some really impressive wins, right? Um against uh, three was it three different wins, at least at home. Against yep. top twenty five opponents, yep, right? Yep. I, I remember the game against uh, Kirkwood. I believe was number eleven at the time.
1: Yeah, Kirkwood, um, um, Iowa Lakes, and we beat someone else. I just don't remember. Um, I couldn't even tell you, man. They might have might have
0: been <laughs> it. Might have been NIAC at the time. Might have yeah, um, It was Nyack.
1: You're right. It was yeah. Nyack.
0: Yeah, and those man, some of those games, like just i would catch myself looking down at the bench and, and and the fire that you bring you know like why wouldn't you want to play for a guy like that you know you're, you're a little bit animated at times but <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh getting on the officials occasionally but i mean that's that's the kind of guy that that i would want to play for you know somebody who is gonna have my back regardless of the situation you know so sure. so coming in you know, these guys don't really know who you are. How do you, where do you start when when you're building those relationships?
1: I think me personally, man, when taking the job so late, you know, I try to be open and transparent as possible about who I am as a person, who I am as a man, you know, the things I believe in, um, you know, putting basketball aside first and and humanizing yourself is the number one thing. You know what I mean? That's the... Number one, for, in my eyes, you know, it's number one thing is humanizing yourself to your players. You know, I'm human, too. I've been through what you've been through or, or if not more. You know what I mean? Um, I got a little more experience in life, you know, not disvaluing what you've been through, but sharing my experiences and how I how I was when I was 18, 19 and the things that I thought, you know what I mean? So I think that was really big for me kind of getting the truck, getting these guys to trust me was just humanizing myself. Yes, I'm the head coach. Yes, I'm your leader, but I'm human too. I go through things too. I have, you know, I have hiccups in my life as well. You know what I mean? But the difference between me and the kids was, you know, I, when I made mistakes and when I fought, you know, or messed something up, I, I, I admitted to those, I didn't point the finger, you know what I mean? And I think once they started to see me take ownership of, of my flaws and my mistakes when, if I mess something up practice or told them something wrong in a scouting report or something like that, I took total ownership. I didn't blame coach Sweeney, my assistant does a phenomenal job. I take ownership as a head coach is my program. You know what I mean? So I think the big thing when, when you didn't recruit guys and you're taking over a program is just, you know, first, obviously build a relationship be humanizing yourself not not having a big ego and, and thinking that your way is going to be the only way you know you gotta you don't have a relationship with those kids you gotta see what's the way to coach them you never coach them you never talk to them so understand you still can have your standards set but at the same time humanize yourself you know what I mean they're already in the sticky situation as it is you know they had three different head coaches in a month you know what I mean so it was just a, a real situation sticky situation as far as you know uh, another new head coach, what is he going to be like? You know what I mean? Um, so just, again, just humanizing yourself. I think that was my main goal coming in to get the kids to trust me. Yeah, right, right,
0: man. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You nailed it there. Um, I, I think especially especially at that level, there's there's something about just like, you know, the kids want to kind of establish who's the alpha in the program Absolutely. and who's, yeah. who, who's the top dog in the room. And it's just like, man, yeah. who cares? Like, right. try, try to set that aside for a minute. Let's, let's go do something cool. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, you, you talked about, or you mentioned the word standards. So um, it's a it, pretty general question, but what are some non-negotiables, you know, standards expectations that you have in your program?
1: So for me, it I'm a big guy. And a lot of people in coaching use this word culture. I feel that it's overused in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like culture wins, culture wins. In my opinion, no, people win. You know what I mean? The type of people you have in your program is your culture. So if you get you know people who aren't good people your culture is going to be bad you know what I mean so uh if you recruit good people and and good kids the culture will take care of itself now like you said now the standard part of it is you know the standard part is we're going to move the basketball we're going to share you know we're going to knock down threes we're not going to be late to class you know we're going to sit in the first three rows stuff like that that's the standard but the culture in my opinion is the people and if you recruit good people you know um the culture takes care of itself, you know what I mean? And when you're taking over a situation uh, where you're coming in late, getting a job in July, you don't have much time to recruit. So you try to hope that the kids that you bring in, the kids that you develop relationships with, that you've been able to spend a lot of time talking on the phone with, texting with, when they get in and the returners – it's, hopefully it can mix, like, man, I know coach didn't recruit you guys, but when he recruited me, this is what he talked about And hopes that the messages come from the kids, right, you know, with their teammates as much as it's going to come from you on a day-to-day basis, you know, hearing it from their peers is a lot more, for some reason, is a lot, it stands out a lot more. So, you know, I think the standard for us, man, is, you know, we're going to be, you know we cannot look the part, but you know we're gonna play our asses off. We're gonna compete. We're gonna play hard. We're gonna move the ball. Uh, we're gonna make it hard for people to score, and we're gonna make it hard for them to guard us. Man, you seen us play? We didn't have no one over six seven. You know what I mean? But we're beating teams because we shared the basketball. We made teams guard us, and and you know, and we played our butts off. You know what I mean? And I think like it went back to I think it was because the guys knew. That coach has coach is gonna go to bat for me, right or wrong. Coach is gonna have my back. You know what I mean. And like you said, I'm a little animated and and a little creative, a little creative with with, with my word choice with the rest, You know what I mean. No technicals, no technicals in year one though. So impressive
0: um, to say the least, man. Yeah, no, no
1: te- I, I know how to toe that line pretty well. Um, but no, man. I, again, I think the standard is the people. You know what I mean. The standard is the people. And the kids you recruit, you know what I mean? Uh, It's a big saying that people, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, right? I think that's even more so important as a head coach. The kind of kids you're bringing in your program is the culture. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I would encourage uh, whoever is listening to this, I would encourage him to take a a listen to that again. Um, You know, I'm not sure I've ever heard it explained quite that well with the, you know, you have a standard. you have a culture those are two separate things right um and and and, i mean that's that's nails right there that was that was good stuff man i appreciate you sharing that so um so uh, personally like for you i mean did you have expectations going into that like i mean how do you think it went i guess on a personal level
1: personally man as a competitor you know um you know i think we could have did better you know what I mean we've lost we lost so many one possession one to three possession games we we were 13 and 17 and we lost I want to say five one to three possession games you know what I mean in year one and again that was just you know you know kids were kind of fighting the system you know what I mean and and Mm -hmm. I'm fighting the way I wanted to do things but once you have some success and you know success helps with buy-in right you know what I mean um, but I, to be honest, man, I felt that we kind of maxed out. Like, you know, if, if I'm being real with you, man, we we beat some teams we probably shouldn't have beat and we lost to some teams we shouldn't have lost to. Um, you know, I thought 13 and 17, um, being sixth in this conference on the men's basketball side in year one without having much time to recruit is pretty good. Well, am I, you know, I'm never satisfied being in sixth you know, you know, the, the goal is to hang a banner, you know, but under the circumstances, you know, we got to receiving votes, you know what I mean? We did things that people would have never guessed that we could do, but I knew we could do because I seen what we were capable of every day. It was just a matter of when can we put this together and so everyone else can see it, you know what I mean? So personally, the you know, I am not satisfied, but I am happy, you know what I mean? Um, the process, man, it's a, it's a Rome wasn't built in a day right you know what i mean it's it's a brick by brick layer by layer so um not happy with the not not excited or thrilled with the results but you know happy with how it all turned out understand uh, through the circumstances you know what i mean how yeah. it all went down
0: yeah i i think uh, realistically i think you know it it was fun to watch you guys cuz i saw you at the beginning of the year and I right. tell you at the end of the year, you know, it's a whole different um, team, right. and right. like, man, it's, it's not the same group of people, you know? Right. Um, so, um, you know, credit to you guys, you and Shane, both, um, you guys are doing a nice job there. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. And like I said, I'm excited to follow along for sure. Um, but I do want to kind of, you know, for young head coaches out there, um, I don't know, like not advice necessarily, but what did you, what did you learn
1: from, from being in this position? And I, you learned so much to be honest, man, you learn that, um, you know, moving the chair over in this business is harder than you think, you know, you think as an assistant, you got it all figured out, man. And, and you don't, you know what I mean? Um, there's so many different aspects to being a head coach from fundraising to um, administration stuff to dealing with kids and personalities, um, parents and families, um, you know, um, you know, can you get your team to mesh? You know what I mean? There's so many different things that you learn. And I think it's things to be honest that you only learn when you sit in the chair, you know what I mean? Um, and as much as, you know, we want, as, as head coaches, we want our assistants to, to learn these things, but it's only some some experience you only get when you're sitting in the the chair. But to be honest, man, I learned not to be too hard on yourself, man. Again, everybody's journey is different as a head coach, as an assistant, you know, find small victories within for yourself because you doubt yourself so much as a head coach, you know what I mean? That am I teaching my kids with this right? Why aren't they grasping it? Um, You know, balancing your staff, having a working and a healthy relationship with your staff as far as like you know um you know being able to hang out with your staff and still being able to get things done you know what I mean when you come in and doing and so all that stuff man it, it, it's it's a learning process it's a learning curve you know what I mean but I think you know it's just something that you have to go through you know what I mean so i mainly I learned man is um you know just don't be too hard on yourself because you have these high expectations of yourself. You know what I mean? And and you're comparing yourself to like, one day I want to, you know, be whatever. I want to be like coach K or I want to be like, you know, whoever, um, you know, don't compare yourself to other people embrace your journey and what that is. And once I kind of got over that with myself, you know what I mean? I think the kids felt it too. Like, you know, well, coaches just embracing whatever we have, and it's, it's contagious. You know what I mean? And and I'm not worrying about I don't have a 6'8 dude. I don't have a 6'5 wing. I don't got that. I can't change that. So embrace me just embracing what I have and not being hard on myself helped me not be so hard on the kids. But, again, like you said, still holding that standard of the way we play basketball, the style, you know, the brand. Um, so I would just tell new young head coaches, man, you, you know, uh, you know don't be too hard on yourself you know what I mean uh, everybody's journey is different in life and and in your, in your career you know
0: what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. well said well said man. and I I think I struggled with that last year even it, it just like the assistant coach aspect of it I mean because we didn't we didn't have a ton of success you know and, right. and I started thinking to myself I'm like well what what am I doing that that isn't working you know what I mean and in a way, in a way it's it's good for me, right? because because now I gotta work a little bit harder and try to figure some things out.
1: right but but at
0: the same time, I gotta have that balance where I'm like, no, nah, man, you're you're in this position for a reason
1: right
0: you you yeah. know you're qualified. you know you've done things the right way for a long time. So finding I think finding that balance is good because like there, if you doubt yourself, that's okay, right? as right. long as you use you use that in the right way. To, to keep on pushing Motivate and, and trying to get ahead. Yeah, right? and keep and motivating
1: then, yourself like, okay, I got this doubt. Okay, how can I tweak it and fix it and make the kids understand it? And, and that also helps with your confidence too because boom, yeah. you know, you, you've you been teaching this kid so long to fake one way, go the other, and finish off of two feet. As you know, I'm a big two feet guy. You know, I like our guys playing off of two feet. You probably heard me yelling in the in the box. <laughs> You know, yelling at our guys to play off of two feet, you know. But once you do different things and the light clicks, you know, you're like, wow, well, I'm not doubting. You know, you don't doubt yourself no more. Not really doubt yourself, but you see, like, damn, the work that I spent the extra time I spent teaching these guys and finally clicking. You know what I mean? Um, so, again, man, it's a it's a mental thing for especially for us as coaches, just as it's mental for the kids. It's just as mental for us as coaches, you know. Um, and obviously it's great to have a you know really good support system. You know, my wife keeps me humble as not even humble, just keeps me level as far as like you guys are gonna get there. And just like you said, you know, everybody from when they first seen us play to later in the year, you know, people's like, man, I don't wanna play Southwestern if I'm being real with you, you know people didn't want to play as we were a completely different team, but that all took time for us to gel them to figure out how I, how I am. I had to figure out how they were. I couldn't coach every kid the same. So as as a young head coach, man, but you got to stand your ground. You know what I mean? You're a lot more closer in age to the kids. You know what I mean? So having that fine balance, Hey, my door is always open, come and talk to me. But when we get on this, you know, for us, when we get it, when we step in between those lines, on a hardwood, I mean business. You know what I mean. But soon as the soon as soon as the game's over, or the the practice is over. You know, come and talk to me. And I felt like our kids, you know, really embraced that coming to talk to me and, and Shane. You know what I mean. So I think again, just being a young head coach, you know, be ready to prepare and take yourself for those lumps, but don't be hard on yourself. Have an open door with your kids. You know, with your staff. And don't be afraid of con- con- confrontation. You know what I mean. Don't you know? Don't be afraid to hold your best player to every other standard you hold every other every other else every other kid to. You know, as you know, um, we had a really good player last year, Duke. You know, I think I coached Duke probably the hardest. You know what I mean? Because if you're not coaching your best player the hardest, everybody else ain't gonna fall in line. You know what I mean? Um, So it's hard as a young coach. You're like, man, I don't, I want to win games. I want to keep this kid around, but at the same time, your standard got to be your standard. Right. And again, your standard isn't your culture. Your culture is different. In my opinion, than the standard, the standard is what you do when you get on the floor. The culture is, you know, how you, how you go about things, you know, the standard is what you do on the floor, you know, so uh, don't be, don't be afraid to coach your best players hard because, you know, it'll it'll fall in line from the kids who who aren't as
0: good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, well said for sure. And and you you talked about you know things taking time um, at the junior college level. I feel like there are times when uh, the athletes feel like they need to be in a hurry to get to that next spot, right? Because like you don't go JUCO just to be a JUCO player. Like you right. you go there to get to the next level, right? So. Right. What is it? I mean, how do you manage that? I mean, if you can if you can answer this for me, how do you manage, you know, like kids trying to hurry to, to find a place to play or, um, you know, things like that? How, how do you manage that?
1: So it was it was interesting process for me this year because I've only coached at the four year. Right. Um, I never coached at the junior college level, so I never had to really worry about that. I was on the other side trying to recruit the junior college kids and high school kids you know the big thing I just told the kids about my experience from when I was a four-year assistant like we when, when we recruiting for the most part when we recruiting junior college kid, junior college kids we wanted the kids that came from winning programs you know what I mean because they know how to win you know so I just told the guys don't worry about recruiting right now worry about wins the more wins you get the more attention you'll get and people start you get more traffic. Well, what is he doing? He's playing for a winning team in a really tough conference. You know what I mean. So the whole thing that I told our guys: the recruitment will come. The wins got to come first. You know what I mean. If you focus on winning, everything else will fall in place. You know what I mean. And obviously, you know that's easier said than done. You got to do your job as far as you still got to you know tweet stats out and stuff like that, so the kids see that you're. putting the effort in you know if they see you putting the effort in to help them get recruited then they start you know they'll start buying in so it's always a two-way street with that right again i had to always tell our guys winning helps you get recruited you know what i mean um and any level is a good level i tell our guys is you know saint thomas i talk about them all the time they were at d3 school last year and they went and won Mm -hmm. 10 games at the division one level. Don't think that you're too good to go play at a division three or NAI school because there's NAIs and D3s that division one schools will not play in every sport. You know what I mean? Some division yeah. one schools will not play them. So just giving them a realistic expectation of what they are too. If, if a dude coming to me, who who, who want, I, I think I can go play at, at Kansas being real with them. No, you can't do That's not, that's not real for you, you know what I mean? I think you're a really good NAI, maybe a a low D2 player, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you are Northwest Missouri State good, but you can play at a Division II school, you know what I mean? And I think having those conversations early early with your kids and kind of giving them a realistic expectation and letting them know like, there's some really good schools. And the ultimate goal, um, Blake, kind of managing that, is just me telling kids, however much school you can get paid for, get it paid for, no matter what the level is, you know what I mean? And then once you start breaking it down to them and money-wise, as they're starting to mature a little bit and get a little bit older, you know, they start hearing people talk about student loans and stuff like that now that they're getting a little older, you know, so it's kind of like, okay, that makes sense, coach. So breaking it down to them in different avenues and different ways kind of helps them realize, like, let's stay focused on the goal at hand, you know, it'll take care of itself. You know what I mean? If we went in doing the yeah. right things, Coach has connects. You know what I mean? Our league is really well known. Coaches have recruited from this school in our league forever. So, you know, again, we have five of our six sophomores go on to play somewhere, um, all from D2 to NAI. Uh, NAI had a kid go to uh, Bethany Luther, um, Presentation, Valley City, um, Jamel, Big Jamel went to Western Strait, Colorado. And A.J. went to Arizona Christian. So, um, you know, I'm pretty pretty happy about that, man. For, for one year of, of what we did to have five of our six sophomores go find places to play, pretty damn good. That,
0: that's ultimately what that's all about, right? That's, yeah. that's what your job is, is to have their best interest in mind and, and, yeah. and get them to continue their education and, and play at a competitive level, right? And so, yeah, you did a, a great job of that, no doubt. And that kind of answered my next question too. Um, I was gonna ask you, you know, like how do you get the exposure that they want? Well, you gotta you gotta put the team first, right? And I will say we're I'm getting a warning that we got like five minutes left, but we can start another one after this yeah. if, we, if we need more time, um, which we probably will. <laughs> but um, like getting getting people exposure is is as easy as getting your team putting your team first you know what I'm saying right? like like if you guys you know if you guys go five and 25 but you got a guy that averages 20 points how many people really are going to look at him right versus right. you know you go 25 and five and you got a guy averaging like eight or nine points I mean right. that goes in my opinion that goes a lot further
1: oh so, for sure for sure I agree and I talked about that a lot you know what I mean like a lot of four year coaches want to take guys from winning teams that have solid numbers. If you average 12 points, you know, and was 45 from the field and 35 from three and 80 from the free throw line, a lot of coaches are going to be blowing you up because you're efficient, you're playing on a winning team. Now, if you're mm-hmm. averaging 20 points or 20 shots and you're, you know, th- 42 from the field and then 30 from three and you're high volume guys, coaches don't want that because when you go to their place, know they got a team too that's good and they think you can be a piece but for the last two years you've been used to taking any been able to take any shot and now it's a culture shock to you that you know that but it's not you know that you got to play team basketball so i think instilling team basketball in your guys early you know from the day they step foot on campus and letting them know you know again this is our standard on the court we share the ball we move it we back door cut you know, we don't stand; we keep moving. You know, um, stuff like that. It really teaches your guys that, like, man, you know, that this is how we're gonna play in. And when they move on to the next spot, you know, that coach, like, man, that JUCO coach Reggie did a really good job teaching those guys how to how to play basketball the right what the right way. You know what I mean? Because when these kids leave here, they're extension of you, right, and what you've done in the yeah. past. Yeah. You know what I mean? So again, we get the kids exposure through Twitter and you know, hitting up our connects, you know, guys that we played for guys that we got relationships with, but kids don't understand is that coaching and every sports a big brotherhood. If I'm being honest, you know, that we all talk to each other, we all email each other and, you know, we want to see our other, our other peers be successful. So if we think this kid could be a good fit, we reach out for them. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hear you. I hear you for sure. And that's, that's, uh, like you said you said it better than than i could is they're an extension of you so um keeping that in mind when you're especially when you're a young head coach and you might be worried about kind of your resume like no man put put the kids first right, right. And, and and so credit to you for that um, we actually we might be able to squeeze this and we got two and a half minutes left all right i got one and a half more questions okay yeah. The first one is uh, three words that describe Coach Reggie Kendall.
1: Uh, passionate man. Passionate, outspoken, and loving. Passionate, right. yeah. Passionate, outspoken, and loving man. I've been, you know, I'm passionate about the game just because the game has given me so so. So much, you know what I mean? Um, right. In a prefer of different ways. Um, outspoken because I'm going to speak my mind, man. I, I You know, I think sometimes people want you to be a yes man because they think they did you a favor. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you got to stand for something or fall for anything. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, in life and in, in, in your career. You know what I mean? If, if you just be a pushover, you know what I mean? People are going to keep pushing mm-hmm. over you. You know, I love them because I care about all my guys, even the guys that I didn't recruit, you know, that we had, a, you know, they're, they, they mean a lot to me. They're part of my first year ever being a head coach, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, if you come to the games, like you've been at the games, you see the love that we have for each other, you know what I mean, as a group, you know what I mean? And, and you know, at timeouts, when they do something good, I'm the first one to meet them on the court, you know what I mean? But I'm the first one to chew, that, chew their ass too, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah 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 <laughs> it it was fun to watch um and and I do appreciate you know kind of the uh the bond that we had there um you, sure? you know it took i think it took a little bit to kind of get a little bit closer but yeah um, you know the the support uh from you guys was was it meant the world to me you know and we struggled at times but uh you know, that that whole uh, athletic department kind of helped us get through that. So I appreciate you for that.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. And, you know, I, I, I'm always happy to help and support.
0: Well, I'm glad we could do this. Um, I think we covered a lot of stuff, and I think it was pretty quality stuff. So uh, yeah. I think we can call it there, and, and I'm going to try to have this uploaded as soon as I can. And you, you gave us yeah. some really good stuff. I appreciate oh,
1: it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on and hope all is well over there, man. And and good luck this year. All right, brother. Hey, we'll keep in touch. Okay. All right, brother. All right, man. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you.